Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network, coming at you on this, uh, wow, soundbite-filled, headline-filled beginning of the week here. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of headlines about the Bengals quarterback, about the Bengals team, and all kinds of different things. So we're going to get to a lot of those. We've, we've prettied up and done some different things on this episode. We're going to try some things out, see if you like a little bit. I don't want to say new format per se, but a couple of different things that we've got here going for you. We've also got some other things. Can't really say too much about it yet, but we've got uh, some other things going on behind the scenes and including um, potentially some good guests for to help us preview the Steelers. We had Justin from the great YouTube channel and Graven Vids to help us talk and preview the Baltimore Ravens. We've got, um, hopefully, uh, by next week, we will have another set of great guests. Can't quite tell you yet um, who it is because we got to get it locked in, but pretty looking forward to that. Um, some familiar faces, I will say that much to you, and then we can we can get that going. But uh, pretty excited about some things we've got going on along with some different projects we are doing on this show. And, of course, in case you are new here, you can get this show on your favorite audio platform, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones. Our show and the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel is there, along with uh, you know our show and Matt Minnick's Coach Speak and Chalk Talk is there, so you can subscribe to that. Leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and then, of course, if you like the video side of things that we do, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel right down here. There's a little icon down there. You can click that to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as hit the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. You can be notified of all of that. And of course, you got to give a big thumbs up to the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Got to be following Cincy Jungle and our podcast on Twitter. We live stream there as well. So you can see all the screw ups and everything else that we do on the live streams. But uh, we appreciate all the support. I know it's not the busiest or, or most fervent time in terms of fandom uh the Bengals are doing on field work and like i said there's some some sound bites and things of that nature but uh you know we're we're keeping the content coming to you and we are going to keep cranking things out all through the summer up through training camp through preseason and everything we're going to keep bringing you all kinds of content here on this show and at cincyjungle.com so you don't want to miss any of it at any rate uh by the way Shout out to you from Kosovo, Jerry. Wow. Uh, 
that's pretty awesome. Worldwide, worldwide, I like it. Uh, so let us know where you're from, by the way. If you, uh, we, we've got, we've had people from the Bahamas and people from Kosovo, people from Scotland, all over the United States, all kinds of places that listen to this show and check things out. And we can't, uh, we can't thank you enough for that. All right, enough uh, patting myself on the back here. My my arm's getting sore patting myself on the back. Let's get to a couple of stories. We're going to cover some things with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to cover some things within the division, as we usually do, and then some NFL headlines. We're going to try and keep this uh, manageable time-wise, but uh, let's let's get to it. All right. We're going to share a lot of stories from Cincy Jungle, but we're also going to share tweets from Bengals beat writers. We're going to share uh, stories on other Bengals websites as well, because they do a great job. So we try and make the rounds and get all kinds of different sources, and then we pin those links in the chats there so you can check those out all right just kind of some little ones here before we kind of get into some on-field work and different things of that nature the Bengals offensive line cracks the top 10 of pro football focus who would have guessed who would have guessed if you were talking about this just a handful of months ago or end of last season or what have you that now all of a sudden pff has the Bengals offensive line they're 22 offensive line within the top 10 and they have that as the eighth best unit in the NFL now with Jonah Williams, with Lael Collins coming coming in to the fold, Alex Kappa coming over from Tampa Bay, center Ted Karras, and then, of course, you've got to figure out what's going on at the left guard spot. Seems like it's going to be Jackson Carmen, but um, we'll see what happens there. This is the most improved offensive line in the NFL, at least on paper, is the quote here. Ted Karras had a 72.4 grade in 21. Kappa had a 71.3. Collins, 80.2. All represent significant upgrades over the Bengals' 21 starters at those respective positions. Add to the fact that Jonah Williams and Jackson Carmen are both high draft picks on rookie deals who could develop in 22. It's easy to see why hopes are high in Cincinnati. Now, if you go listen to our boys, Ace and Zim, on those Twitter spaces there, and I know you do, you can talk about why this is this is why a lot of people are pumping up what the Dolphins have done. They're pump, still pumping up the Chiefs. They're pumping up the the Ravens because they're healthy and 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 the Chargers now because they had a good offseason and it basically every team in the AFC West. But oh by the way, the team that represented the conference in the Super Bowl fixed its major and really only glaring weakness on the team in the offensive line, and things are looking up for the most part at at uh, OTAs. There are a couple of things that you would like to see be a little different uh, in terms of headlines and whatnot. But for the most part, knock on wood, Bengals are healthy and they're looking good and they've fixed what was their glaring weakness. And so that's that's why, you know, a lot of people, even though they're overlooking the Bengals because of some of the other splashier acquisitions that some of these other teams have made, we in Bengals Nation are sitting here going, hey, remember us? remember us uh so uh, yeah at at any rate good to see that the Bengals offensive line is getting some due here from pff there and you can get see that both on pro football focus and cincyjungle.com i'm seeing some folks from california colorado springs what's going on good to see everybody thanks for tuning in live the speaking of the Bengals offensive line CBS Sports picked the Bengals' best offseason moves. And no, it is not Lael Collins, believe it or not. It is a different offensive lineman. 
And it may not be, here's a, here's a great quote here by Jason Markham. It may not be what you think, but it was exactly what the Bengals needed. Um, the most notable, you know, you can see there, Daxon Hill, Leo Collins. Uh, it was Alex Kappa that CBS Sports believes was the biggest acquisition. And here's why. The top of Cincinnati's draft hall, Daxon Hill, Cam Taylor Britt brings juice to the defense and ex-Cowboys tackle Leo Collins is the bigger name. But Kappa brings such stability to the interior of a line charged with protecting the team's top asset, quarterback Joe Burrow. He hasn't missed a regular season start as one of Tom Brady's most underrated blockers the last two years. As well, tackle, uh, towards the end of the year, it was uh, the right tackle was, was an issue because of the injury to Riley Reef. But tackle throughout much of the season was not the issue so much as the interior of the offensive line last year. So I think this is maybe why they're they're talking about this being Kappa, Alex Kappa being the guy that is the biggest acquisition or the most important acquisition for the Bengals here in an offseason full of a lot of, you know, I mean, that they're not, it's not bringing in a quarterback or a wide receiver or what have you, like the last couple of offseasons. But in a, in a year where there's a lot of big names coming to the Bengals, um, again, by the way, uh, you know, keeping Jesse Bates on a franchise tag, so to speak, and all of that, they, they tab Alex Kappa here is the biggest acquisition in the Bengals, in the Bengals off season so far this year. And I did pin that in the live chat here. So you can check that out on cincyjungle.com. All right, let's cruise over to bangles.com. This is from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Hobson, talking about Chris Sims. Now, Chris Sims is a guy who does a lot of stuff on NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk, and he kind of, um, I, don't, I don't know if stirs the pot is the right word, but sometimes he says some things and in some lists that he makes, he doesn't make a lot of friends sometimes, um, or sometimes he makes a lot of friends and uh, other groups don't don't really dig what he's doing, but here's the by the way this is i will pin this in the live chats as well the article title nbc sims makes a list and checks it twice i love jeff hobson's article titles i love it nbc sims makes a list and checks it twice with burrow and chase he's got he does the the the, the top 40 nfl quarterbacks and he does he goes through that um and he has he has been really high in uh, on the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And he thinks that Joe Burrow is in the top four being with him, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Uh, and they all have him. They all have him. And those four, uh, Chris Sims has those four ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who is at number five. So you can see how some of that stuff can ruffle some feathers as well as Tom Brady and all of that. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's stuff that he puts out there that, you know, is a little unconventional, I guess, is a good word. And maybe that's why people, you know, take notice of it. But a lot of times this is actually, he's he's got some good knowledge on the quarterbacks, obviously playing the position in college and pros. His father was, you know, a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback as well. So, I mean, he knows quite a bit about pro football quarterback play. Um, and then, he's, you know, this article goes on and, and it's an interview kind of with, with Jeff Hobson and Chris Sims, really cool article i recommend you you check out all of it but you know talking about the super bowl and then he's got uh 
you see aggressive is a quote those four quarterbacks it's never oh he's kind of open i'll take the check down never it's always aggressive it puts tremendous pressure on the defense and they make you defend the whole field totally accurate statement there and he's got he's really high on jamar chase as well in terms of his rankings so go read that article if you have not yet pretty interesting Sims, obviously a very intriguing and interesting, uh, engaging personality on, on his podcast and whatnot. So go check that out and be sure to check out his podcast with the rankings, with the quarterbacks and all of that. Um, really, really good stuff there. And the link is provided in the Facebook and YouTube chats there. Okay. Speaking of Joey B, top four, I guess, in, in the eyes of Chris Sims. This is another here. This is from John Sheeran, my co-host, Joe Burrow and Joe Namath. Peter King backs the comparison. And I like uh, what, what my guy John said here. Broadway Joe and Joe Shiesty. And you can see there's the link in the live chat for you there. Okay. where Where is the... Where is the parallel here? Where is this coming from? And you can see here, Burrow took the number 12 spot of NFL columnist Peter King, his most influential NFL people, the top 22 most influential people. And you can see here, in today's sporting slash social landscape, it's almost as important to be groovy as it is to be good. And Joe Burrow is Joe Cool in leading the formerly woebegone Bengals to the Super Bowl last year. Gotta love Peter King. He's got to get that little dig in there from his days from covering the team. Burrow not only became a top-tier quarterback, but a major influencer. Or, as the New York Times said during the playoffs last February, the Bengals quarterback has achieved a crossover appeal that has inspired Joe Namath comparisons. The reason why I think Burrow has a shot to the top of NFL quarterback ratings is not only his ability and his Gen Z appealing fashion sense, but also his attitude. He really has some name within him, the ability to play like the ultimate tough guy. And at the same time, having an, I could care less what you think of me attitude. He doesn't get nervous or tight in big moments. And if his line could have blocked Aaron Donald down the stretch of super of, uh, Super Bowl 56, he would have had the time to win it, whether he would have made the plays necessary to win. That would have been on him, but he just didn't have enough time. So interesting stuff there. And of course, Joe Namath is... Joe Namath's a little polarizing in a lot of different ways. I mean, he's a guy, when you look at the stats and whatnot, it's not anything that pops out at you. And actually, he turned the ball over a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of just... I don't know if pedestrian is the right word, but what he did is win and he won in big games, big moments that were iconic NFL games. And so obviously Burrow's the winner. Burrow is not the guy that, you know, has, he obviously has outstanding statistics so far in his career. So, I mean, there are a lot of parallels there though. And it's, it's the, the way they carry themselves and the, the bravado and all that kind of stuff. But obviously Burrow has a little ways to go to, you know, carve his, I don't know if you'd put Joe Namath on uh, a Mount Rushmore of NFL quarterbacks, but really Joe Namath wasn't the most talented guy, but he was the guy that won a lot of important games and was an important figure in the in the league for a lot of different reasons. And I always remember, for those who were kind of my age, I always remember an old Simpsons episode where uh, it was, uh, you know, they were talking about Johnny Unitas and, and, um, 
Joe Namath and how John Unitas was the the crew cut guy and he was you know the real buttoned up guy and Namath had the long flowing mane and he wore the the fur coats and all that kind of stuff and uh go go check out that Simpsons episode where they talked about that and they they drew both characters it was pretty interesting and pretty funny so I always think about that when I think about Joe Namath and John Unitas and what he brought to the league and any, whether that's pertinent or not I got Simpsons on the brain I don't know but that is an interesting article and uh you know hearing peter king back joe joe burrow and the Bengals is uh it's pretty satisfying let's move on to our fine folks over at all Bengals, james rapine and his group that do a great job covering the cincinnati Bengals. and this one got some traction here a lot of uh, a lot of people have been talking about this one and i will put the link in the live chats for you here this is, again, on allbangles.com. Odell Beckham Jr. praises Joe Burrow, makes interesting comment about the star quarterback, and it was just two words, the one. And the post uh, was on Instagram, I believe, and there was you know Joe Burrow at practice, and it shows him kind of doing something at the line of scrimmage, and the quote that Joe Burrow put with the picture was, my spidey sense is starting to tingle a bit. Uh, and then Odell Beckham Jr., who, oh, by the way, has yet to sign with a team in free agency after beating the Bengals in the Super Bowl and getting hurt in that game. Odell just writes the one. Now, there's a lot of parallels here because, you know, obviously both of them went to LSU. I mean, they, they faced each other last year, the whole deal. So, I mean, you know, you can kind of maybe try and connect some dots here, but I don't think this means that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to become a Cincinnati Bengal by any means, but a lot of people are taking this one little comment on a social media post and running with it. And so I I don't know exactly what to make of it, except for the guys know each other and they're just friends kind of maybe commenting on each other's posts, but something to take note of, especially with OBJ not signing with the team and the Bengals conceivably needing a wide receiver four, I do not think OBJ would come to the Bengals on a wide receiver four type of designation, but I guess stranger things have happened. And when you go ring chasing, potentially um, your pride gets checked at the door sometimes. So maybe that's something that he would be willing to do coming off an injury there. I don't know. We'll see, but kind of made some headlines here as we continue on the, the Joey B kind of week. It seems this, this week. All right. The Bengals running backs. This is kind of a polarizing topic or, again, this is also the the time of year of arbitrary rankings and all of that. But PFF, as much as we like to see that the Bengals offensive line was ranked eighth in their metrics or their rankings, they ranked the Bengals backfield 14th. Now, I, I can understand this because on one hand, you've got Joe Mixon coming off of a career year. You've got, you know, Samaj P. Ryan is a guy that can do some things and helps out the Bengals, has helped out the Bengals in a number of different ways, had a big touchdown against the Chiefs in the in the postseason there. But, you know, there's also the question of what what is Chris Evans' role going to be this year? And is he going to get significantly more touches? Is he kind of going to be the de facto wide receiver for in some ways and in some packages 
Um, we will see. But here's the quote here. Joe Mixon had the best season of his career last year in Cincinnati, ending the year ranked second among all running backs and offensive snaps to go along with a career high 82.1 PFF rushing grade. P. Ryan fills in behind him as a middle of the road number two option who notably took an important third and one carry in the Super Bowl. This past year's draft selection, Chris Evans did show some promise as a receiver, 82.3 PFF grade, uh, receiving grade in limited action in 21. I'm tending to think that Evans' role is going to be changing. And and if you tuned into an episode we did a couple weeks ago, you know, one of the remember whens I did in in that segment was about how Giovanni Bernard in his first year, first two, three years was basically a even as a guy who got limited touches behind Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and others, he was always a 1,000-yard-from-scrimmage kind of guy. Uh, now, he was the number two back. P. Ryan conceivably is the number two back this year, but I'm, I'm curious to see just how a, a, the Bengals are going to get Evans on the field because when he, you know, when he touched the ball, he was pretty electric for the most part. He was a chain mover, did some things as a kick returner at the end of the year, and you know, a guy that obviously can catch the ball well. So very interested to see how this shakes out. But PFF has the Bengals sporting the 14th best running back crew in the league. Let's keep going here and let's talk a little bit about on-field stuff and some sights, some sounds, all that kind of stuff. Tyson Anderson, the Bengals' day three pick, is impressing with his confidence and football IQ. And this is from Aaron Gershon in there on cincyjungle.com rather. That is pinned in the live chat for you. And here is the report from jeffhobson.com. Quote, in a special teams meeting on one of the first couple of days, Anderson was put in position where he was extremely confident with what he was saying and was right. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said, to Jeff Hobson or to the Bengals media. Darren likes to put a lot of pressure on those guys. And are you confident or are you second guessing yourself? And he stood out that way and that way, meaning he was confident and he was right in terms of what he was doing. Obviously Anderson was a guy that the Bengals liked for a lot of different reasons, which includes the athletic profile and the, the on-field smarts leadership, all that kind of stuff kind of the standards that Zach Taylor has set in a lot of different ways, high athletic profiles, good locker room guys, guys that come from, you know, high academic backgrounds and whatnot. So these are, you know, you can see there the four, three, six, 40 yard dash from a guy that you get on day three, that's got some good size. He will be, be starting out on special teams. That's, you know, no doubt about that, but obviously with the Jesse Bates thing in flux, that's got to be something that you think about uh, and keep in the back of your mind in terms of how, how much will he rotate in on the back end of the defense there early on as a rookie. So um, we'll see. Now we're going to get to a couple of different things. One is I'll just cue up this because we've got a, we're doing a little something different here. We're going to have a sound bite of the week, which you, if you've been, part of this show before you've heard us talk about sound bites of the week we've given you some of that so we've got one of those for you and then we've got a tweet of the week because we we reference twitter we reference these great beat writers a lot that cover this team so well and so we want to shout them out and also kind of nominate hey this is this is a, a high quality tweet or a tweet we like the best for one reason or another but speaking of the great beat writers this is a tweet from Ben Baby. 
Um, and this was with Joe Burrow coming into the locker room and spending some time with the media on Tuesday afternoon, talking all kinds of different items and, and all kinds of different things when he was speaking to the media and we heard great questions and answers to those questions from people like Ben baby. And you got to go follow him at Ben underscore baby from Mike Petralia at T R A G S. I mentioned James Rapine at James underscore Rapine. You got to go be following him as well. Uh, Laurel Failer, uh, Caleb Noe, uh, all of these great, great beat writers that do uh, great work for the Bengals. We can't thank them enough for all the stuff that they give us to talk about and relay some of the things coming from practice, coming from the locker room and whatnot. So um, Ben Baby, here's the tweet here, though. Uh, Joe Burrow enters the locker room after OTAs and immediately lets folks know he hit 20.8 miles per hour during post-practice sprints. Why is this significant? Because it is the fastest he has run, and he made everybody know. He let everybody know it's the fastest he has run since having surgery on that reconstructed knee. So feeling like he is back to normal, he kind of noted that in a a follow-up remark to that. So feeling like he is back to normal, feeling like he is, is kind of his old self there. And you gotta, you gotta like that. So for, I'm going to abbreviate the soundbite of the week because I don't really want to uh, have people get upset with me by, you know, using media and whatnot. And I want to make sure that the proper people go get the clicks, the proper people who supply us with this, go get the clicks. John called me a diplomat last week. So I'm going to be diplomatic about it. I want to, I want the right people to get the clicks, but I am going to play this one snippet. You've probably heard some of this by now. I'm going to play this clip. This is the soundbite of the week. It is, and I'll get to it in a sec, but it is uh, Joe Burrow talking about Jesse Bates and uh, his value to the team. I'm going to play there. The whole clip's about a minute 30 and you hear questions from uh, Mike Petralia, James Rapine, I believe Ben baby as well. Uh, in the entire clip, this is just kind of asked about Jesse Bates. So I'm going to play about 20 seconds of the entire clip. You got to go to Caleb Noe's Twitter account. You got to go to Ben Baby's Twitter account, Mike Petralia's account to go hear the full soundbite. But I'm going to give you one part of it here. Um, and this this actually, we will call this one the tweet of the week, courtesy of Caleb Noe at Caleb, C-A-L-E-B-N-O-E. TV, and we've got something pretty to intro. All right, here it is. Jesse's a big part of this team and you know you can put a a price tag on what he does on the field but I don't think you can on what he does in the locker room he's been a guy that has kind of built what we're doing here he was one of the first and Jesse's exactly the kind of player that I think you want to reward for the work that he's done for the last four years through the ups and the downs and you know we weren't very good for three years while he was here and then you know he's been through it all so so that's about half a minute maybe just under of the quote by Joe Burrow talking about Jesse Bates and his value of it, obviously talking about how he hopes 
that he is going to get re-signed long-term, get paid, and that they are going on a, a buddy's trip to Vegas. So go listen to the entire clip from any one of the great beat writers. That one spe- specifically was from Caleb Noe. So go check that one out. Now, for the soundbite of the week, a little bit different, and I hope you'll be able to hear this. Um, this is We're going to go a little longer with this. This is friend of the show, Mike Petralia, at T-R-A-G-S. This is this is just funny because it's you see you see in here Frank Pollock coaching the offensive line and he makes a uh, you know a, a interesting comment in terms of how to use handwork and all this kind of stuff. So I'm going to share this one with you as well. This is Mike Petralia's soundbite of the week. Listen closely. You'll hear. Uh, you can see here. Be like Bruce Lee is the quote here. Try and listen for it. So you hear strike like the Cobra and you heard be like Bruce Lee. Uh, gotta love coach Pollock. He's the man. Gotta love coach Pollock. So those are the sound bites of the week and the tweet of the week there from Bengals media. You gotta like that stuff. Go follow those great beat writers and listen to the, the entire Joe Burrow quote and the press conference. You can find that on bangles.com, et cetera, but wanted to share at least a tidbit of it with you on this episode for the tweet of the week and the soundbite of the week. All right, let's keep, Hey, let's keep talking. Joey B. There's a lot of it. So let's keep talking. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow reportedly lands the cover. And this is on Bengals wire. I believe there was a, uh, a a tweet out there from Emily Parker, representative of the Bengals uh, organization, but Joe Burrow is going to be on the cover of the Sports Illustrated preview issue. Now, what I am not completely sure of if this is going to be, you know, one of like, you know, four players where it's kind of regional or if it's just there's one cover and he's the dude, but he is going to be um, on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, to the annual NFL preview issue, which comes out August 18th. And you can see here, it was Emily Parker um, showing that. And there was some stuff coming out about media day that, you know, if you saw the Bengals Instagram accounts and all kinds of different things, you know, there were some, there were some really cool graphics, really cool images that they put out there. I noted that Chris Sims was on the premises talking with, with Jeff Hobson and others, so, you know, this was uh, this week or these past few days, people have been kind of spending some time around the organization, some time around the facilities, talking with players and media members and whatnot. So uh, go go check out that story on Bengals Wire. Chris Rowling does a great job over at Bengals Wire as well. But um, looks like Joe Burrow is going to be, be the cover boy of, of SI's annual NFL preview issue. So uh, definitely got to go pick yourself up a copy of that. Pretty cool stuff. All right, let's transition now into the AFC North, and then we'll do a couple of the NFL, and then we are out of here. So I feel like a lot of folks maybe have forgotten that Brian Flores is now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he he was surprisingly uh, fired from the Miami Dolphins, They started off really poor last year and then came surging at the end of the year. A lot of people felt that he deserved, you know, another year to see what, what, you know, especially now with the additions they made this off season, but 
You can see here he is now a defensive assistant in case you forgot about that. And players have been singing Brian Flores' praises and loving what the new senior defensive assistant linebackers coach has brought to the team. Um, He said, I'm excited to be in Pittsburgh, working with these coaches, players, and people in this organization. Um, He calls himself demanding. Uh, and so this is probably a good, uh, you know, good stepping stone to his next potential head coaching career. Um, he's, he's got a lot of respect around the league. Uh, memory serves. He's a Bill Belichick guy and, you know, um, was hired as a young coach. And I think there's, you know, a, a bright future ahead for him. But he's trying to help the Steelers out on the defensive side of the ball. The Steelers were not the same on really in a lot of different facets last year, but not the same on, on their usual defense that they sport out there. So go read the story on Steelers.com about Brian Flores and how he is impacting the Steelers defense. He, the players are talking about how he's a positive influence and doing, you know, getting them ready during OTAs. And he's talking about how he loves being within the Steelers organization. We'll see exactly what the future holds for him, but good hire by the Steelers there as a defensive assistant. This is from behind the steel curtain, the SB Nation Pittsburgh Steelers site. And this is kind of a a story that you'll find on this type of story you'll find on other teams sites as well. But still, I think it's especially, especially pertinent because, you know, as from the Bengals, as we peek across the other side of the fence to the Steelers. You want to know what are the five, what are the storylines? And this is five major storylines to follow until the Steelers enter the the 22 training camp. So, um, you know, you can check that out there on behind the steel curtain and we will be pleased. Uh, You can see here extensions for Mika Fitzpatrick, Deontay Johnson and Chris Boswell are those coming. We've got another Kenny Pickett's rookie deal. Does the team add any defensive line? So, Read up on that. You'll get you'll get educated uh, a bit on what's going on with the Steelers and how things are looking in OTAs. I would suggest that you read up on that when you get a second. It's it's a well done piece there, and it at least get you updated on what's going on specifically with with the Steelers. Um, I will say that uh, you know I kind of teased it at the beginning of the show a little bit. We're working with the Believe in Steelers podcast show. Uh, and their hosts, uh, Mark Bergen, who joined us last year to talk the Steelers game in, and potentially his co-host as well, Ike Taylor, former Steelers cornerback. He may join as well. But um, those are a, a couple of the folks we're looking to talk to to help us preview the Steelers coming up here. Like I mentioned, if you haven't had a chance yet, either on our full episode or the standalone episode with Justin from Engraven Vids, awesome 30, 35-minute session with him talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And um, we're we're going to try and not take up that much time from Mark and or Ike if they both join us, but looking forward to that. And um, so th- that should be hopefully coming to you next week. We're, we're working with them to schedule that out, but we're really excited. Both great guys and um, have, have been on the show before and we've, we've enjoyed talking with both of them uh, immensely. So um, looking forward to that to help preview the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Let's keep rolling here. This is the Baltimore Ravens. Let's let's talk some Ravens here, and this is similar to what I just posted from the Behind the Steel Curtain website. Storylines from Ravens minicamp, and this is from Clifton Brown over at BaltimoreRavens.com. 
Lamar Jackson's presence, and yes, that will be the next story. We will talk about that. Uh, young wide receivers in the spotlight. Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace. Again, Justin from Engraven Vids talked at length about the wide receivers, and he does not think that the Ravens will go in with just this group. They may go and get another veteran wide receiver. Will that be OBJ? I don't know. Um, you know, they've they've kind of dabbled in some, you know, they, they talked about Jar- Jarvis Landry at one point. So, you know, um, these are, these are the guys that they're looking at here. Tylen Wallace, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown went to Arizona for a first round pick. And so that's who they're rolling with right now. And so um, we'll have to see exactly what's going on there, but go check out that story to be caught up on the Baltimore Ravens should be, it's pretty enlightening. I will tell you that. So this is the other big news from Baltimore Ravens camp. Lamar Jackson finally reports the guy finally reports. He reports. Um, No, it's not, you know, I think a lot of us thought it wasn't that big of a deal, but obviously a guy who is trying to, you know, work out a new contract situation and he, you know, Harbaugh kind of didn't really talk about it that much, but um, you can see here, you know, the, the players are, Excited to have Lamar Jackson back, but he, you know, you go around Lamar Jackson. These, these are a lot of uh, tweets and Instagram pictures and all kinds of different things, but he is, he is back at camp and a lot of the players are excited about it. So um, Lamar Jackson did report to camp at OTAs. He was absent for the first part of them. And so now he is back and uh, everything for now is hunky dory in Baltimore. Now that their quarterback is back and uh, hanging out with the team, I guess. Now, on to the Cleveland Browns, and I, you know, I don't like to talk at length about this kind of stuff just because I try and, I don't know, keep keep positive and talk about you know uh, just different things. Largely try to talk about football, but um, you know it's hard to talk about the Cleveland Browns and hard to talk about their quarterback without mentioning the situation that he has uh, put himself in, or however you would like to label that, but. Here, this is on CBS Sports here. Unfortunately, there are new lawsuits and new things popping up for Deshaun Watson. And now what comes of that, we will see. But you can see here he addresses the new lawsuits and potential NFL suspension. Quote, I just want to clear my name is what he said in it. uh, He fielded questions on Tuesday for the first time in more than two months. So and of course, those questions that were asked of him two months ago when he was um, introduced as the Browns quarterback, I believe was the last time, um, you know, there was not a lot talked about on this side of things. Um, he claims he's been honest and truthful, um, you know, I, all kinds of different things, but 24 different women have publicly sued the quarterback. And so there's been a couple, I think one or two new ones here, but I don't want to miss misquote. but essentially this is not dying down. And now, you know, the situation is, you know, what's, what's the suspension going to be like? It's, it's now kind of, is he, it's not so much, is he going to be suspended? It's, it seems as if how long, when's that ruling going to come down? Is there going to be an appeal? All of that. Um, so really, really, obviously a story to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to hear some of the the things and the details and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, with this, this is the Browns, decided to take this person on as their quarterback and pay him the money that they decided to pay him. And with that comes, 
you know, a, a potential consequence of, uh, you know, from a football perspective, a potential consequence of will he miss time as as their as their now franchise quarterback? Is he going to miss time right away? Is it going to be extensive? What's that going to look like? And, you know, some of these things are just not really going away for him. So that's something to, you know, we'll all have to keep uh, keep monitoring here as this goes on and into the summer. Again, I don't I don't necessarily like to talk about uh, that because it's a pretty ugly side of things, a pretty ugly situation that's going on there, um, especially with the details. But from a football side of things, there, you know, the, the suspension and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be uh, kind of unprecedented, I would think, in terms of how the league maybe handles this. But we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens here going forward. But that being said with Deshaun Watson and the Browns committing to him as their quarterback, there is another elephant in the room and that is Baker Mayfield. Uh, What are the Browns going to do with him? They have not found suitors to be able to take him on in a trade. They are trying to move on from him. I don't know. I don't even know if they're really, I would say they're trying to do right by him by trying to get him in somewhere before training camp, but really the way they've handled this whole thing, they are, they have not tried to do right by Baker Mayfield. So as of now, the Browns and the Panthers are discussing Baker Mayfield, the Panthers, you know, kind of in quarterback uh, limbo themselves uh, drafted Matt Coral and, you know, Sam Darnold situation last year didn't really work out great for him. It started off nicely and then it just kind of devolved there. But these are the tweets from Jonathan Jones as mini camps, Uh, Begin today for the Browns and the Panthers. Trade talks between the teams continue surrounding quarterback Baker Mayfield. Uh, Per sources, the main issue remains Mayfield's salary and how much or how little teams will pay for him. There's urgency on Carolina's side to execute the deal soon so Mayfield can get some time in minicamp. That's what I was just saying earlier. With the Panthers, for the Browns, it's the best offer they have. Talks are ongoing. But obviously the more all of this quarterback stuff between both of the guys in Cleveland just continue to swirl around the worse it gets for them. Um, Again, talented team. I think we can all agree that Stefanski's a a bright coach. This is a lot to take on uh, as an organization and a lot to unload in terms of Baker Mayfield as well um, as an organization. They, it's going to be, something to watch in terms of how they handle all of this stuff on the field this next year, how the, if they're able to get past suspensions, if they're able to get past all kinds of different things and actually be a very competitive team, one of the better teams like they were just a couple of years ago, or if it's going to be more just kind of a, a little bit of a mess and is it going to be too proved to be too much to handle from an organizational standpoint, proved to be too much, to, to get past in terms of on-field performance, we'll see. But um, at any rate, the Browns and the Panthers right now are talking trade. So we'll, we'll, that seems to be where Baker Mayfield is headed, but who knows <laughs> at this point. Let's go to league-wide news. That's a nice segue from the Browns kind of to league-wide news. And let's talk about uh, this is a team the Bengals play this year, and that is in week two, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy is planning for Dak Prescott to run more in Cowboys offense after limitations in 21. 
I think the limitations may partially may speak to his ankle injury and coming back from that. This is from Jim Trotter, by the way, but um, no, I'm sorry. This is not from Jim Trotter, Kevin Patra, excuse me, looking at the wrong article. Uh, But the quote is, Quote, I think, like anything, this is from Mike McCarthy, head coach, by the way. This is year three in the offense and the opportunity to move more and potentially than he did in the past as far as what he's being asked to do. I think he's clearly, the thing that jumps out to me, is his movement movement ability in the scramble drills and scramble situations, the way he activates scramble drills. He's gotten more reps at it. It's more natural to him, so he looks really good. Um, and... They're, the Cowboys actually, after having one of the best running backs a couple of years ago in the league and Zeke Elliott and one of the best rushing attacks, uh, it's been a little bit of a disappointment there. And then, of course, you lose Leo Collins now with the Bengals. Uh, interesting kind of set of circumstances for the Dallas Cowboys and what they're trying to do here. But at least they're talking about that. And with that potentially being in the game plan early in the season, when the Bengals face the Cowboys, that's something to think about. Rollouts, play actions, scrambling, all of that. That could be all part and parcel of the Cowboys' offensive attack against the Bengals when they face them. We will see. We're going to keep rolling on just a couple more, and then we are going to get out of here. This is uh, this is from Jim Trotter. This is, you know, seven players who need to get p- paid right now. And – Believe it or not, I do not think Jesse Bates is on this. Uh, Jesse Bates is is on this list here. You got Nick Bosa and Roquan Smith, Debo Samuel, and others. Um, so, just a, a look around the league about some of these players that may be facing, you know, their last year of their contract or disgruntled with it. You know, if they're in their rookie deal or you know they they signed a deal and now just where the market has reset after signing their particular deal they're either deserving of or wanting or both a new contract so that is kind of something that jim trotter talks about on nfl.com now one of the best advocates for the cincinnati Bengals, even in their rough years even in their worst years at least from a national media perspective has been pete prisco of cbs sports he has always kind of worn Orange colored glasses when looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, even when things are shaky, even when they weren't that great, all that kind of stuff. He has released a top 100 NFL players list of 22. And he was not that generous to the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of where he ranked players on this list. And you look at, you got some predictable ones towards the top. Aaron Donald, number one. Aaron Rodgers, two. Mahomes, three. Josh Allen, four. Cooper Cup, five. Tom Brady, six. And you're going, okay, well, what about Joe Burrow? What about Jamar Chase? Joe Mixon? T. Higgins? Trey Hendrickson? Here we are, 11. Devontae Adams, 12. Nick Bosa? Jalen Ramsey? So not no one in the top 10, by the way, in case you missed that. And we're going Justin Jefferson, Micah Parsons, George Kittle, Zach Martin, Tyreek Hill. There's Jamar Chase just inside the top 20. What about Joe Burrow? Well, Justin Herbert's number 20. What does that mean? Guess who's 21? Joe Burrow. 
So 18 and 21 is where Bengals top the list here from Pete Prisco. I don't know if I wholeheartedly agree with some of that. I can understand the youth and maybe a lack of a lengthier resume as compared to some of these players, but um, I don't know. I, I was a little surprised at maybe how low those two players were. There are others on that list, but go check out the entire list at CBS Sports. I pinned the link in the live chats, in the YouTube chat. So if you're watching after the fact, you got to go to the replays of both or find the comments on Facebook to be able to go check those out. Last one here, and this is either accurate, accurate, or, oh boy, what a reach. And this is on CBS Sports as well. Look at the title of this one. Why the Jets can make a Bengals-like leap from the top of the NFL draft to the playoffs in 2022. This is by Garrett Podell. And this is from a handful of days ago. You see the picture of uh, Zach Wilson there. And it talks about teams making the 21 playoffs after missing it in 2020. You can see there the the coaching comparison. It's a really well done, really well done. And, and, you know, from a Bengals point of view, a bit flattering talking about how their, you know, meteoric rise here. But now it's kind of the standard of, you know, the Bengals did this. So that is, uh, you know, this is why the Jets can do it. Now you look at, also, you know, the fact that they brought in C.J. Uzama, a big catalyst, at least in terms of locker room. Yes, on-field play too, but, you know, they bring in C.J. Uzama, they bring in other tight ends, they, you know, they, they've got this young team, potentially they feel like they've got the right coach here, so that's why they they, they feel that way, but there's an in-depth look at that, and a very, uh, you know, it's a good one. Um, I don't know how strong of an argument it truly is, we'll see. We've seen strong, seemingly strong teams, and seemingly strong Jets teams even, come into the season and really not end up living up to expectations. Remember when Brett Favre was like a jet for a year? That was weird. At any rate, that is going to do it on the Happening Headline Show. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate all the uh, the comments and the live viewers and those uh, tuning in after the fact. Thank you very much. Again, get the show in the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Leave us a review there. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get notified when uh, you got to click that bell though you got to get notified when we go live and when new content is available we've got more and more content coming at you like i said we're doing some afc north previews from with some special guests coming up uh talking about the browns and the pittsburgh steelers still left to cover we've got interviews we've got all kinds of different stuff coming on our show and the podcast channel so you won't want to miss it, and you got to keep it to cincyjungle.com for news, opinions, analysis, all of that. Of course, of course, of course, go follow all of the great beat writers that cover the Cincinnati Bengals. We reference many of those in this show, but uh, always go give them a follow. Go give them their rightful clicks and uh, all of the great stuff they post on Twitter and whatnot. you got to go check it out. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll be back uh, with our, our big show later this week, so check that out with John and myself. and. We will uh, see you then. Take care.